have your attention, please. Worship will be starting in one minute. Please take this opportunity to prepare your hearts for worship and to be seated. And don't forget to put your cell phones on silent.
they were singing that song. I don't know about you, but I was, I'm glad to be in his service. One more time. Are you glad today? Are you really glad today to be in the presence of God? I want to know if you're really glad today. I, I don't see everybody so glad about it. Are you really glad about it? Are you glad about what God has done in your life? Are you glad that he woke you up this morning? Are you glad that he put food on your table? Are you glad that he loves you so that, that he gave his only begotten son so that, that you can have eternal life? Are you glad today that we serve a mighty God that loves us so much? chapter of John again that's John chapter 13 and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation John chapter 13 I'll give you a moment and it reads before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for a supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm, going, what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter ex ex exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, 
not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what, that is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I, what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I am your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their master. No is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scriptures, the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand, so that when, so when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the Father who sent me. That is the word of God for the people of God. And the people said, Amen. Amen. And I have opening prayer. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Right. Because right. I realized it was you, Lord, that have kept us through another night. I realized it was you, Lord, that has touched us with a fingertip of love. Allow our eyes to come over to see a brand new day. Once the sun go down a day, we should never see again. I realized it was you, Lord, that allowed me to dress this old feeble body of mine, to be clothed in my right frame of mind, to be able to get in the automobile, drive down the dangerous highway to this appointed place at this appointed time. And Lord, I come in just to lift up and praise your name. You said, enter this court with praise, enter this gate with thanksgiving. I come to lift up the name of Jesus because he's worthy to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. I come just because I love him and I adore him. I come because I need him more now, before, now today more than ever before. I come, Lord, asking him to put his loving arms around me. Keep me as the apple of the eye because the enemy is coming in like a flood. But, Lord, we are praying right now that we rebuke the enemy right now. We come this morning rebuking everything that exalts this name up against you. We come casting out every evil spirit every evil thought that have come into this place today. They have no place in the sanctuary. But we come to praise our Lord and Savior this morning. We come to lift him up. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So that was a time that we need to lift him up. We need to lift him up right now. So we'll praise him in the morning time. We'll praise him in the noonday time. We'll praise him late in the midnight hour. We'll praise him because we don't know anything else to do. 
Praise confused the enemy, Lord. So we want to just lift you up right now for being the awesome, loving God that you are. You have looked beyond our faults and you saw our very need. You knew that we needed a Savior, so you sent your very best. You sent your darling son, Jesus, down through 42 generations, tearing down Woodbury to the brand, said, I am that I am. Humming himself all the way to an old rugged cross for an old wretched man like me. Died there on that, on that, on that, on that third and appointed, on that, on that Friday. But he didn't stay dead. He rose on that third and appointed day and declared all power in heaven and earth is trusted in his hand. That same power that raised Jesus from the grave is now standing unto me. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the lamb. I can rejoice because God has been mighty, mighty good to me. He's brought me through this and he brought me through that. He's brought me over the hills and through the valley. I just want to lift up and praise his name because I love him because he first loved me. I just thank him for being God and God all by himself. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. He's my joy. He's my peace. He's my hope. He's my everything. He's my way maker. He's my heart fixer. He's my mind regulator. He is my deliverer. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God, the Lord God, my provider. Everything I need resides in that name. That's why I said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. Jesus in the morning time. Jesus in the noonday time. Jesus late in the midnight hour. I don't know what the what kept the enemy those seven. I know I have the victory because he said we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He said he will hold me in the hollow of his hand. All the devils in hell can't pluck me out. He said no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I realize I'm on the winning side. That's why I go ahead and shout right now, hallelujah. I don't have to wait till the battle's over. I can praise him right now because I praise him because just don't kill just praise his holy and divine name when I think about how God has kept me through danger see how God has picked me up out of the mucky mark how he's placed my feet on a solid foundation how he's been around me when an enemy comes in to try to destroy me God said not yet he said I got much work for him to do so I'm going to continue to keep him as the apple of my eye so I just think of a his saving grace. I think it's what's delivering. I think it's what's healing power. I just think it's what's joy that he placed in my heart that the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. That's why I just uh, praise him in the morning time. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. And I adore him. I kneel down and I worship his holy and divine name. If the world would praise him a whole lot more, if the church would praise him a whole lot more, the world would doubt him a whole lot less. So praises is who we are. And praise is what we do. I just thank him for first loving me. I just thank him for looking beyond my faults. I just thank him for giving each and every one of us another chance. Everything that we messed up on yesterday, we got a chance to plead the blood right now. We come this morning as that you created us a clean heart. And renew us the right spirit. The words that let a man examine himself. So, Lord, we take self inventory today. And we ask that you move everything, not something, but everything, out of the way that hindered us from seeing you hanging on the cross. We rebuke everything that comes in here that don't come in to worship you today. The enemy has no place in the house of the Lord. So we're kicking him out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. He has no authority in this house. We're going to have free reign today. We're going to praise his name today because he's so worthy of all our praises. We're going to thank you. 
And we just ask that you continue to bless our pastor. Continue to crown his head with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We ask that you bless his family to stand by his side. They have to go through it and be with him on, on things that he have to go through, Lord. And we just ask that you just continue to cover his heart, Lord. That he may be able to be the man that you call him to be. That he stand on the watch all the time and declare your holy and divine word. Preach it in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering. And Lord, we pray that you open our hearts today. That we may receive the word that you have for us, Lord. That we won't say it was good for somebody else. But we said the word that was good for us because the word is a changing agent. It will come and change our life. It will come and change our heart. Only if we receive the word. And every time that we need to receive it, the time is right now. We got a generation that's coming out of the Lord that we need to try to reach down and get them right now because they're on the wrong path right now. But if the church can't get it right, where can they go? It said that if the, if the earth loses its salt, where can it go to be, be salty? So we need we are the salt of the earth. And we are to let our light shine. That men may see our good works come glorify the Father which is in heaven. And we're not just talking about shining on Sunday when we come here. But we need to let our light shine on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then we come back on Sunday, we can shout hallelujah. We can give him some praise because we've been in his presence all week long. We can lift him up and just magnify his name. He inhabit the praises of his people. And I just want to say, I love him and I adore him. He's been the best thing that ever happened to me. I wouldn't turn back for all the golden child because he's worthy of all my praise. When I think about it, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Word is the lamb that was crucified before the foundation of the world. But this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Please pray. I do pray. Amen.
question is, why ain't the rocks gonna cry out in your place? Why? Because you should be what? You should be praising him. That's why the rocks ain't gonna cry out in your place. The rock can't cry out if you already praising God. I don't think. They said, never will the rocks cry out in my place. So if you busy praising him, the rocks ain't got the room to praise him. So when you came in here today, you should have walked in praising him. When you got up this morning, you should have got up praising him. When you go to bed tonight, you should go to bed praising him. We ought to praise him continuously. We said we want to go to heaven when we'll praise him all day. But you were here for about an hour or so. And we, I don't know about you, but I know what God has done and is doing in my life and for me. I don't have a right not to praise him. He died on the cross so I could praise him. He rose so I could praise him. Why are we not praising God? But the world will go out there and do everything they want to do. But we can't come in here and praise the Lord. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one that he's raised up off of a sick bed. Maybe I'm the only one he's breathed a breath of life in when I couldn't even breathe for myself. The deacon said that if the, if the church praised him more, the world would doubt him a whole lot less. Okay, I'm going to leave that right there. Y'all must be in a hurry to go do something today. But I was created to praise him. He left me here to praise him. When I look back, over my yesterday, I don't have to go back for just my yesterday. In my car, I could have had a blowout and had a whole situation. But God said, no, my child, I got you. The minister said, God got his back, his front, and his sides. When you realize how good God has been to you, and he didn't have to, did not have this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad that I'm in it. I'm grateful you're in it as well. Amen. I'm going to get out your way. Scripture for offering this morning coming out of Malachi chapter 3. When you've seen what I've seen. Malachi chapter 3 I'll be reading verse number 10 and I'll be reading this morning from the New Living Translation if you've got to say amen, amen. if you need someone time say hold on it's all about God today this is the first Sunday in the month of February in the year of 2024 amen you got that right I'm going to thank him all the time and it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, a blessing so great, a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. I read for you here this morning Malachi chapter 3 verse number 10. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. That was the word of God for the people of God. And the people said Amen. Amen. Father God 
Hallelujah. I come as humbly as I know how before your throne of grace and mercy. Lord, first I say, please forgive us for those things that we've done knowingly and unknowingly that have brought reproach against your will and against your way, Father God. We don't want anything to hinder our praise today, Father God. We came in here today, Father God, to lift you up on high, Father God. So for that we say thank you, Father God. And Lord, I thank you for the gifts that you have put within us, Father God, to glorify you and you alone, Father God. I pray that you truly do get the glory out of every gift that you have put in us, Lord Jesus. And Father God, I do pray that you do take these tithes and these offerings, Father God, that are laid in the tray. And even those that are done online, Father God, that you use them how you see fit to continue to build your kingdom right here at 1613 West Main Street, Franklin, Tennessee, Limestone Missionary Baptist Church. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give back to you that which belongs unto you. It's not ours, it's yours, Lord Jesus. Everything that we have belongs to you, including us, Father God. So Lord, I pray that on today you use us, Father God, for your glory, Lord Jesus. If not, move us out of the way so that you can have your way, Father God. We thank you, Father God. You are loving and a caring and a kind God, Father God. I pray that we be the same way, Father God, to everyone we come in contact with. It is in the mighty name of Jesus I do pray and ask it all. Amen. You will see that you can continue to pour into this household of faith by giving via Cash App, PayPal. You can bring it to the church, 1613 West Main Street, Franklin, Tennessee. And for those of you who didn't get, in, didn't get a chance to put your offering in before service started, you can do so at the end or any given time you choose to. We thank God for your giving. Amen.
God been good to anyone this week? Allow me to ask that one more time. You might need time to process that thought. Has God been good to anyone this week? I know he's been better than you have probably realized. Because he woke you up this morning. clothe yourself in your right mind. You made it to this destination through all of the mess that's out there to try to stop you. And I have to tell you this little secret is that when you seek the will of God, when you try to do what is right, I promise you the devil will get hot on your tail and give you hell. Now you need to understand the mythology by which you need to get devil rebuked because it's not just enough to say I rebuke you in the name of Jesus because if you're going to rebuke the devil then you got to know why you rebuke because when the praises go up then the blessing come down I dare somebody to send up a rebuke I dare you to praise the Lord and I, I can't hear you you, you, you ain't looked back over your life and tried to discern what God has already done for you. You know good and well that you have been brought through troubles, trials, and tribulations. You done brought through the circumstances and situations that you never thought of. But the thing is now that you made it through. You're on the other side of trouble. But that don't mean trouble's not going to try to find you. But you need to know that you're on the other side of trouble. The songwriter says, trouble don't last. How long does it last? Can I, can I say one last thing? Then, I, then I'll do what I got up to do. If God is blessing you. Don't hinder your blessing. Can I say that again? If God is blessing you, don't hinder your blessing. Because see, we get in the way sometimes. Because we put self out there and self starting to operate instead of spirit. You know, being obedient to the Holy Ghost. So all of us who realize that we could never have gotten that we could not have made it if it had not been for the Lord. If God didn't do it for you, you couldn't have had it done. Then I dare you just to say with one word, amen. Now, I don't know how you stopped at the one. Amen says it is so. Is it so here? Is it so over here? God has been so good. Listen, listen. This is how God said it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe will not perish but shall have everlasting and eternal life. So you ought to take hold of the hand of Jesus. Why you're standing, why you're standing, pray with me.
Pray with me. Father, we give thanks, O oh Lord God, for this day. We thank you, Lord God. You have allowed us in your presence. Grant us, if you will, Lord God, the grace that you have extended to us each and every day so that we come through the hills and the valleys and the mountains that are in our lives. But Lord, we could not sustain it. We could not make it without your word. So we ask that you send us a rain of word from heaven, oh Lord God. That you will teach us and talk to us and have us to know how we may grow closer to you. Now I am your servant. I can do nothing without you. So therefore, Lord God, consume me by your spirit. Hide me behind the cross. Lay me at your feet. And not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Come and go with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And if it be God's will, the 17th verse. And I must apologize and ask you to be patient with me today uh, for uh, I'm going to read these two scriptures and we'll see where the Lord God takes us. From the New Living Translation. If you're there, say amen. amen. Whew. God is good, isn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. When I think about what I deserve, but he gave me what I should have never gotten, and that is grace. I'm not the only person standing here by grace. probably not a one in the house that needs not his grace. Go on, Wayne. The 17th verse says, but in the following instructions, I cannot praise you, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. First, I hear that there are divisions among you when you meet as a church. And to some extent, I believe it. But of course, there must be divisions, excuse me, but of course, there must be divisions among you so that you who have God's approval will be recognized. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. Can I say that one more time? Mm. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you hurry to eat your own meat without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? Don't you have your own house for eating? or drinking or do you really want to disagree disgrace God's church and shame the poor 
what am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing God's death until he comes. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthy is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That's why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment unto yourself. This is why many are weak and sick and some have even died. The word of God, the people of God, people said, Amen. You may be seated. I've had some time to really think about the Lord's Supper. And so the title of this subject, which I would ask that the Lord would allow me to speak to you on the Last Supper. Simply the Last Supper. The Bible helps us to understand that Jesus does not create unworthy divisions. You might ask me what I am referring to, and I simply would say to you that I didn't say Jesus doesn't create division. He does not create unworthy divisions. Simply put, the Bible speaks to us and tells us he that loves Father more than his brother or sister he that does not hate them if they go contrary to the will of God is not a child of God that is division he says the Bible says that father will be against son daughter against mother sisters and brothers will be against each other so he simply says to us 
that wherever we go, that we will have to make a choice. And here is the thing that I would bring to your attention. We often refer to the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, or Sacrament, or Eucharist, and some of that has a lot to do with denomination. Particularly when you start talking about sacrament, you begin to talk about the Catholic faith. They believe that the Eucharist, the sacrament, that the bread and the wine are actually physically the blood and the body of Christ. Presbyterian have it maybe a little different. They say that it is not the blood and the body of Christ, but it could be the presence or the essence of Christ. You might think about it this way. When you know that the Holy Spirit is near you, but you can't physically see the Holy Spirit. Or can you? You may be greater than I think you are. And here it is that some say that is neither the essence of the Spirit nor the physical being of the Spirit, the bread and the wine but it is symbolic of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. So I would like to speak with you today on just a few things that ran across my mind. I believe in the book of John, it says something that is essential for us to listen to. But John chapter 6 verse 52 and the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink of his blood you cannot have eternal life within you. So then I am, I am left pondering, I am left wondering, trying to discern what did he mean about eating his flesh and his blood. I am not cannibalistic. I don't eat people or you wouldn't be sitting here today. I would probably be yeah. trying to find a way to roast you up. Yeah. But I think there's something deeper that Jesus was saying to us. He also says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance we come together every first Sunday, which some people may say is too frequently coming together that 
we want to acknowledge in a ceremony that God is. I leave that open because I don't know what God is to you. I know what he is to me. Some people would say he's a way maker. Some people say he's a heart fixer. A mind regulator. Some people say that he's been my bridge over troubled water. Somebody might say he's my shelter in the time of storm. Some people will say he's been my peace. He's been my all and my all. What do you say? He's my everything. They had a song like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it wasn't spiritual, but it was a song like that. Don't act like you ain't heard. Don't act like you, you, you. Listen, I, I don't, don't think I'm stupid that I don't realize, realize you turn it to the, <laughs> you ain't always on gospel. Can I get a witness? See, I think that's what's wrong with the world today. We don't want to be real about the things that we're dealing with. You know, we, we, we don't act like you all that holy and all that on Sunday and then you get out of church on don't even have to wait to Monday. Yeah, you know, you got your boogie on. You do your dancing. It ain't always for the church. I, I, but I didn't come to talk about it. I, I, I need to move on. When I think about that they have so many names for the Lord's Supper. A lot of people like to refer to that. The Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, Sacrament, Eucharist, Ordinance. The one thing that I have to do is I have to identify that the Sacrament and the Eucharist says that there's a ceremony. And I got to tell you, Jesus is not a ceremony. I think that 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 when you partake of the blood of Jesus, when you eat of the bread of Jesus, that something deeper is needed, is expected, is conveyed. It's not just enough to come and take the bread and the wine. There's a difference in, I would put it like this, People can be religious but not holy. The sacrament should never become a religious thing. It should never be something that you do because every first Sunday we get together and do it. But in reality, this is going to mess you up. I suggest to you that the communion, yeah, that's another name for it, should be every day of the year. Even if you don't always have the bread and the wine in front of you, you still should commune with the Lord. 
How many of you, when you woke up this morning, commune with God? So in essence, when we talk about the Lord's Supper, the first point I want to tell you is that it's not his supper. He did this for you. So it's your supper. It is your time to feed in the feast on the wheel of God. This, 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 this is going to be controversial because you ain't going to like what I'm going to say. Um, I have trouble getting with somebody that I don't know. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? I mean, how can I say that I know Jesus when I don't even know how to open the Bible? How can I say I know Jesus when I've never even heard of John 3, 16? Or I have no idea the message that it says or conveys. If I never get involved in the teaching ministries of the word of God. How can I know Jesus? The last supper. First of all, I said to you, it's not his supper. It is really for you and for me. Because it acknowledges something. I believe that there is an opportunity for us to acknowledge that first of all we are thankful. We are thankful that he thought more of us and what God wanted him to do than of himself. He died when you were yet a sinner. Think about that. Who did you die for? Who are you willing to die for? Now you might willing to be willing to knock somebody out, but very few are willing to die for someone. Let me give you the opportunity. Would you like to substitute your life for somebody that you know is on their sickbed and is about to transition? Would you like to step in for them? In reality, you couldn't. And you shouldn't. Because this is one of the things I say, oftentimes we might get in the way and block somebody's blessing. But how can I know God? If you did not go through the valleys and the mountains that you went through, you would not know God in the way that you know him. You can't go through somebody else's valley. You can't go over somebody else's mountain. You have to know that he is God. The Last Supper. The second thing I would tell you is it wasn't the last supper. 
or you wouldn't be doing the bread and the wine today. It may have been his last supper because he said, I will no longer drink of this wine till again in heaven. But you have the opportunity to partake of the bread and the wine whenever you want to. I don't care if any denomination say we ought to do this once or twice a year. I don't care if the primitive Baptists say this. I don't care if the Baptists say we ought to do it 12 times a year. I don't care if it, you choose your relationship with God. And if you want to do it 365, then you need to tell them where to get off at. Now, how, Pastor, you talking like that? You crazy. Yes, I am. But I'm crazy for Jesus. It's not the Last Supper. And so I, I want to tell you that I think that when Jesus says to us, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Well, what is he saying? I, I remember you, Jesus. I think that he is telling us that as a minimum, three things ought to exist. Commitment, obedience, and denial. Commitment, obedience, and denial. Let every man examine himself. Why would Jesus say that? Because you are the only one that really knows where your heart is. It doesn't matter what you say to me. I will never be your judge and jury, even if there was something that I signed up for. I can only evaluate who I am in Christ. And you know just how far God has brought So I need to speak to everyone today because I'm tired of people pretending that they've never been a mess. They're not a mess. Even though you have been saved by the blood, you still got some dirt on you. I have. All of us have. Quit acting like holier than thou. You can't be holier than God. Be ye holy for... So your holiness comes from the Spirit, not you. And this is one of the mistakes that many of us make. Well, you know, when I, when I do something that's not in alignment with God, I'll fix it. I'll get it straight. I'll I, I do what's right. But if you could fix it up, you wouldn't have messed it up. We need more people 
to be able to stand on the promises of Jesus. So let me talk to you about commitment. Another word for me about commitment is choice. You can't really take of the sacrament, the communion, the last supper, if you're not committed. If you haven't made a choice as Jesus Christ, as your Lord and your Savior, then even Jesus said to the man that drink of and eat of this bread and drink of this wine without him. In other words, if you hadn't confessed him, you're not a part of the body, and therefore you drink it unto damnation. So this is a serious thing but is a celebration at the same time. You know, I, I uh, asked you to help me with this thought, but I've always wondered, the Bible speaking that when supper yet being ended, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it he broke it it almost seemed to be symbolic of well, is, is he breaking his bones the bible says that he did not have a broken bone so what is it he doing what is Jesus doing as he breaks this bread can I ask you this question because I, I, I ponder on this but if Jesus broke the bread did you get his hand? Did you get his foot? Did you get his knee? I suggested you got all of him. You got whole of the whole. You didn't get a piece of Jesus. You got all of Jesus. When you gave your life to Christ, did Jesus give you a piece of him or all of him? Let me stop there for a moment. So if Jesus gave you all of him, why won't you give you all of Jesus? Can I get a witness? Why are you holding back? Now I don't mean that you won't mess up because the Bible says that a man falls seven times, but seven times he can get back up again. So then, if you really examine yourself, Wayne, examine Wayne. In other words, this is how y'all say it. Sweep around your own. I don't know what you do if you don't have a front door. <laughs> examine yourself. So when I examine me, when I look at this and I think about that Jesus gave me all of him. Am I giving him all of me? Am I denying myself? Am I taking up the cross and following him? Well, what do you mean? 
if, if a commitment is about making a choice, it's about being choice, making a choice to be obedient. Well, what is obedience? Obedience is what Jesus did. Though they whipped him, though they beat him, though they crucified him, he said not a mother's word. And he could command it a league of angels to come from heaven. He could have sick all of them on us. Yeah, yeah, you, you may not have been physically there, but in spirit you were there. Jesus says, obedience is greater than sacrifice. You'll find that in Samuel. Well, how do you know obedience is important, Wayne? Because he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And what is the one thing that he sums up really all of the commandments into the commandments? Love the Lord, the God, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And like unto this one, love on each other. How many of you have love for your sister and your brother? Quit hating on people. You see, I've come to understand that when people do me wrong, then it's not about them. It's really about me. Because I'm going to have to make a choice on how I'm going to respond. And here's what Jesus tells me. How much will I convey? I, I, can't, I can't apply the word if I don't know the word. And, and he says, turn ye the other If you like me, sometimes you don't turn that other cheek. You say, I don't run out of cheeks. And you are in trouble. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody talk about their Roscoe. Well, my Roscoe is Jesus Christ. And I carry him everywhere that I go. If you need something other than Jesus to keep you, then you are not being kept out of harm's way. I think not only when Jesus says, as often as you do this, do it and remember to me, he's not just saying a commitment or choice. He's not just saying obedience. He's saying deny yourself you see because I've said this to you before self is always present I know because if you want to know if you're doing the things that God might ask you to do that thing that glorifies God is because if you try to do good things that are evil and come up on you all the time you're going to catch it you want to know, why me? Why, 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 why is this stuff happening to me? Truth of the matter is, 
is that you've been called out to be picked on. He said you should be persecuted. How many believe that some of the troubles and the trials and the tribulations that, that you see day to day that is part of the process. It's part of your growing up because he, God don't want you to stay on milk all of your life. He wants you to know that when you go through the trials and the tribulations and the circumstances of life that you can say I'll look to the hill which cometh my help and all of my help coming from the Lord ain't God good yeah I, I, I wish I just had a few believers in the house that understand that when God says enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise that it did not matter what kind of bad hair they had had it did not matter what the doctor had diagnosed it did not matter what aches were in my bones that I can still say glory unto the most high God he is able to do all things exceedingly abundantly all that I can think ask or imagine is the God that we serve not an awesome God who in this house would say this is my last supper I'm going to sit down at the welcome table eat till I get full and then when I get full I'm going to tell him about all that he's done for me but he already knows that I just got to confirm that God has been good to me he's been my bridge over troubled waters he's been a shelter in the time of storm I'm talking for myself now he's my umbrella in the storm he's my way out of no way yeah, has he been good to you mm, I wish I wish I wish now just a couple of people don't worry about how people gonna be looking at them ain't worried about how people gonna say oh ain't they ugly you gotta learn how to get ugly for Jesus do I have some ugly folks in the house Huh? I, 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 I'm not gonna settle there. Do we have some ugly folks in the house? Y'all ain't getting ugly enough for me in here. I, listen, I tell you, you gotta deny yourself. You gotta quit thinking about how you gonna look. I know you got dolled up and prettied up for the day, but let me tell you that which is pretty in the eyes of Jesus is those that stand naked before Him and say, "Here I am." just as I am I'm weary, I'm wounded I'm all torn down but I am yours can't nobody do me like Jesus can't nobody do me like the Lord so therefore when he says if I took commitment I took obedience if I took self-denial and I had to wrap that into a word I'd say it all falls under the umbrella of remembrance remember where God brought you from he's brought you through dangers seen and unseen now, now listen 
I, I, I know that I, I probably can catch some of them things that I can see, but there's a whole lot lurking after me that I don't see. There's some people talking about me that, that I don't know they're talking about me. There's some people ready to stab me in my back that I don't know they're ready to stab me in my back. So, you know, they smile in my face, but all the time, a smile is just a frown turned upside So listen, some, some of those folks that, that you think you're so close to, some of the people that you think won't ever do you wrong, well, some of the biggest differences and some of the biggest separations occurred with people that said, but I know, you know I love you, Pastor. But see, I want the kind of love that Jesus gives me. Jesus loved me in spite of me. He looks beyond my faults and sees all of my needs. That means that I can walk upright before him and I say this is not my last supper because what I begin to understand is that the communion is a privilege it's not what's owed to me I'm not entitled to it so you're going to probably think bad of me but I'm going to say to you if you think that the communion is just a routine thing then don't take it. Don't take it. Don't, don't dare insult God like that. If you think that God watching over you in the morning, in the midnight, in the noonday is just routine, then let him stop watching over you and see what you call upon. But he watches you all through the midnight hour. He woke you. And all you can say is that you ought to be like the birds. The birds, they don't know where they're going to eat or what they don't eat. But God provides for them. Now, I don't care what you got in the deep freezer. I don't care what you got in the refrigerator because all that stuff is spoiled before you know. You go home and say, man, my refrigerator went off. But God is the bread of heaven. So when you take of this communion, you remember that it's something deeper, something greater. It's not just a routine. It's just not something that you ought to do, but you ought to spend taking the communion you ought to skip out of here y'all y'all know what I'm talking about you, you, you raise your legs because then you know that he's more than just saying God that he's a healer and I know if he can heal me he can heal me. most of all he is a redeemer and if you are in this house without a Savior, the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ, then the, today is the day of salvation and tomorrow is promise to no man. Today we will take up the communion. And I pray for you as I pray for me that God will give us a new and fresh revelation on remembrance of how he 
came down through 40 and two generations. How he tore down woodwork and brass. How he carried a cross for you and for me up Golgotha's hill. And I know this is not Jesus' last supper. I know it's not his supper because he sinned not. He never did a thing to be in contrary to his father. So he did it all just for you and for me. They took him up Golgotha's hill. They laid him on an old rugged cross. They nailed him in his hands. They nailed him in his feet. And through the agony, he saw the souls of those that were coming. Because they had forgotten one thing. That if Jesus be lifted up, he would draw all men unto him. So it's just like your enemy. When they think they have you down, when they, when they think you have you frustrated to the point that you cannot return, they will make a mistake. Every criminal that commits a crime, they do something that will give them away. And they lifted Jesus up. And there Jesus hung on that old rugged cross. And that's when Jesus began to set your salvation before you. He gave you an opportunity to choose and to decide. And this is what he said to let you know that he was about his father's business. It is finished. So all that Jesus promised, all that he came to do, he fulfilled every prophecy. They took Jesus down and put him in a borrowed tomb. I've told you this before, but I often wondered why a borrowed tomb. Because quite honestly, I don't need something I'm not going to retain for all my existence. I just need it for a temporary moment. And that's what you have. You will need and transitioning to Christ will be a temporary moment but you'll have life everlasting. For what if a man loses his soul and gains the whole world? What has he got? I don't care how rich you are. I don't care what you think you have. If you don't have Jesus, then you don't have anything. They took Jesus down off that cross they put him in a borrowed tomb the Bible says that he stayed there all day Friday but here's the thing that you need to know Jesus never forgets you you're never too big, you're never too small because he went down to the depths of hell to preach to those that had never heard the gospel he snatched to show Satan who was in authority he snatched the keys away from me. And then said, just for good measure, I'm going to put my foot on your neck. So in other words, Satan is not able to do anything 
without God's permission. He stayed there all day Saturday. There's a lot of people in the times of Noah and all those seem to have gone on. But early on Sunday morning, Jesus got up with all power in heaven and in earth in his hand. And this is the good part that I like to hear. What you had him to do, what you've seen him to do here on earth, greater things than these you shall do. But as I close, it begins, I believe, with us realizing that we need a savior and that we're not worthy to take of the communion, that the communion is by grace and by taking it, I'm saying thank you, Jesus, for what you have done, what you are doing and will do. I think by taking the communion, we're saying I choose you and I want to exalt you, lift you up and to say for God I live and for God I die. I think we're saying I want to be obedient to your word, your will and your way. And finally, I deny myself because you are worthy to be praised. The doors of the church are open. If you're here today and you have not a Savior, if you have not chosen Jesus, as your way maker, your heart fixer, as your mind regulator, then choose you this day whom you will serve. And I pray that it is Jesus Christ.
none that are willing to wait upon the Lord. He says that he will add to the church daily, such as shall be saved. Ushers, will you prepare the house for communion? I ask you to, I would hope that in front of you is the bread and the wine that you shall soon partake of. If you stand in the need of the bread and the wine, please let us know. Raise your hand if you have not access to a favor at this very moment. Look at your neighbor and make sure that before you leave that pew today, you say this to them. Man, woman, whoever they are, I shall not love you. Don't say it if you don't mean it, but you, you ought to mean what you say. Amen. Now look at him again and say, I ain't kidding, I mean it this time. Let us pray. Father God, we give thanks for this opportunity and this privilege to remember the work that you've done on Calvary, to say thank you because we could not do what you have done because you made a way for us out of no way. Please consecrate this bread and this wine to represent your body and your blood. And as all we partake of it, let us do it in remembrance of you to show commitment, obedience, and denial of ourselves, but that we take up the cross to follow you. We give thanks for this 
and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. He took the bread and he broke it after he had blessed it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Let us eat, eat, eat together. same like manner after he had blessed the wine he said this is my blood which was shed for you take drink of it and as often as you do you do it in remembrance of me let us drink drink ye all of it old primitive Baptists every now and then they turn around and they shake each other's hands just say you know let you know you're in the right fellowship because that's what communion is really you get to a fellowship because we all one in the blood of Jesus I don't know but but y'all don't have different blood than I got do you is anybody that got different blood than I have I got the blood of Jesus how about y'all huh are you my brother are you my sister spoken. Let the church say amen.
We love you. We thank you. And we pray to obey your will. We know that we can do all things with your presence. And you have left us the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord God, with your love, your grace, and sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, be with us always and keep us. And the church said in one voice. Let me hear you say